This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Welcome to Do Try This at Home. Caleb here, just jumping in before the podcast starts. We recorded season one of this podcast over the last few months before we knew exactly what the show was going to be or even that it'd be following a, a seasonal format. So things kind of change as the show goes on. And also we didn't have any social media accounts when we were recording. So if you want to get in contact or if you want to follow us or get any more information about the show, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Do Try This Pod. And we'll have updates on season one and potential future seasons through those accounts. Right, on with the show. Take it away, Tom. <laughs> I always feel so weird right before we start. Okay. Some films are mediocre, so bad they make you moan. We're here to save the cinema, we do try this at home. Welcome to another episode of Do Try This at Home. I'm your host, Caleb, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host. She's a, a writer. Oh, oh, so you're a host, but I'm co-host. Oh, I'm starting again. <laughs> No, you have to leave that in now. No, the I'm fans starting. need to know exactly who you are. <laughs> I control the edit. I'm starting again. <laughs> That's true. She's a writer. She's an actor. She's a comic. She's an improv performer. She's my friend. She's not your friend, unless you're one of her <laughs> friends listening. Uh, she's Harrison Gale. Harrison, how That's are you doing? That's me. I- I'm doing all right. I'm not necessarily good at any of the things that you said. I didn't say I you were. I, but I, 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 I'm just those things, but there's yeah. no, there's no value judgment on them. Ooh. So I want people to like, let's be very clear. Like you could be the best writer in the game right now, but you could also be the worst. And it's true. We have, it's, it's Schrodinger's value judgment. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's it. I'm both that's the best it. and the worst and everything in between in a yeah. superposition of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um <laughs> well enough science for the for that <laughs> that was me dusting off my hands okay you're the tiny pitter patter uh yeah it's not you like running somewhere or something no yeah me running running away <laughs> that was me running away that... <laughs> oh, boy. oh the magic of audio editing <laughs> we've started radio like loose but low energy which is yeah. not good which place. Is, yeah i don't know if that's worse nah i don't know anyway we'll see th- this week uh this week we're looking at something a bit different we're looking at something, something borrowed, borrowed. <laughs> i don't know why i was gonna try and find a segue but i just didn't bother looking at something this... different <laughs> This is um, a film from 2011 from director Luke Greenfield. What else has he done? Well, I'm just looking at what he's done. Yeah, this is different because the other ones we've, what we've done, we've looked at so far, we've looked at like auteurs and the, the films that they made that have been a disappointment. This guy, he's a bit more of a sort of jobbing comedy director by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. He directed this. He directed The Animal, starring, starring Rob Schneider. He directed oh. the, 
the. Oh, so you already know what kind of time you're in for. <laughs> he directed the girl next door. Animal under his belt. Yeah, but you know what else he directed? He directed Let's Be Cops, starring Jake Johnson wow. and um, starring Jake Johnson and Damon Wines Jr. I was I can remember his name. Um, wow, <laughs> I know bad. Um, to be so, fair, so I no I I. I quite like Let's Be Cops. Yeah, he is a cop. No, they're, uh, yeah, they're neither of them are cops in it. But w- this isn't the film we're talking no, about. No, no, I'm just using but... it as a pejorative. Oh, oh okay. He's a cop. Uh, oh, I see. Let's Be Cops is just copaganda. I'll say it. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Um, but I, I enjoyed it when I watched it, which was a few years ago now. It's quite a funny comedy, I which is what you, which is different from this, which isn't a funny comedy. Yeah. Which is strange too. I mean, it has a great cast of very talented people. Oh, it, it does have a great cast. I think that, I mean, yeah, but most of my notes are just this person was wasted at this point. Right. Um, which, yeah. Anyway, the movie anyway, we're talking about. Something borrowed. Something borrowed. Which it, it, it stars. Oh, I'm just. Like I, I just hit okay, my microphone I'll, I'll twice it. in a row. I, <laughs> while you recover from, I'm just slapping my your assault and battery with the microphone. I'll I'll handle yeah, the if you don't I'll handle the background. <laughs> um, so something borrowed uh, was a movie that, for whatever reason, I really liked when I was 13. Which actually, now watching it again, makes oh, total boy. sense why a 13 year old would enjoy this oh, movie oh, and boy. then not understand it many years later. But Something Borrowed is uh, kind of a rom-com drum because it's uh, kind of intense uh, in terms of uh, the dramatic elements yeah. that are at play. I'd say there's more drama than com. Yeah, it's definitely more drama than com. Uh, but basically, yeah. uh, it's about this woman, Rachel, played by Jennifer Goodwin, who mm. uh, is is essentially just like in a toxic friendship with her best friend since... Uh, high school Darcy played by the amazing Kate Hudson and she uh, winds up uh, having an affair with Darcy's fiance Dex played by I don't can't even remember the guy's name <laughs> Colin because he was Egglesfield yeah okay <laughs> or I'd like to rename him Blank Slate <laughs> that's yeah. what his name he's like be. he like he's like Adam Levine, if he had no personality, <laughs> it's amazing how one man could do so much. And then, but but the context is that um, uh, Rachel and Dex um, like yeah. had a moment back when they were in law school together where they almost dated but didn't. Um, and also, uh, Rachel's best friend, uh, other best friend, not Darcy, <laughs> is is played. Uh, Ethan is played by the. Uh, incredible John Krasinski. The woefully you can do underused. no wrong. Yeah. With the nonsense that he was given in this movie, it just elevates it <laughs> with his kingship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a way only he can. This yeah. movie's so lucky to have John Krasinski in it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's the that's the short and skinny of the of, I th- of yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we'll probably we'll probably go through most of the major story beats as we go. But I mean, it's you know, it's just a it is a rom com, and there's there's not really much to it that isn't your typical rom com. I think there's areas where there there are sort of interesting uh, ideas and themes to explore that are are left 
unexplored because it would make for a much less safe film than what we end up with. But we'll get into all that, I reckon. Oh yeah. We'll get into it. Let um let's start as we try to um <laughs> and then with... inevitably veer away from violently <laughs> when um, one of us has a thought. <laughs> <laughs> with the stuff that we, we liked. liked and we want to keep and and the stuff that you go yeah, hmm, maybe. Well, I think I think well. Here's here's what I think the theme, like the major theme that I think creeps out of this movie, even though you know certain plot elements don't let it breathe or don't make it very clear. But to yeah. me, this is a story about um, toxic relationships yes. and how difficult it is to get out of them. Yes. Um, and and stand and learning how to stand up for yourself in a toxic relationship. Absolutely. And to me, that's that's the 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 theme of the movie. Even if, as it currently stands, it doesn't do a very good job of yeah um, conveying that. But to me, despite all of the nonsense layered over it, that's what it's about. And the, I want to get yeah. that. Absolutely. The one thing I really liked about this film, apart from maybe John Krasinski's performance, because the man can do no wrong. <laughs> it, <laughs> Is, and you're right. You're right, and you should say it. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I'm. You know what? I'm not ashamed. I think John Krasinski can do no wrong. Hot take. Oh man. John you know what? Like <laughs> we're recording a few weeks before, and like some bad stuff's gonna come out in the oh, next no, couple of weeks. Never, no, no, never. Because even, the man. Don't even say he, that. He gives us good news, and you know, is that something you've been aware of? Some good news. Some some good news. Have you not seen this? His web series. Oh yes, of course. I oh, was man. just like, the, <laughs> I, mean, I, I was like, oh, the Gospel of John Krasinski. Yeah. <laughs> For a sec, I was like, did I imagine some good news? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John Krasinski <laughs> comes bringing some good news. Anyway, the one thing I really liked about this film <laughs> was um, that's how we started this thought. Was that at the end of the film? Darcy, Kate Hudson's character, and Rachel Jennifer Goblin's character, Goodwin's character even, were not friends. That's the end. Mm -hmm. They stopped yeah. being friends. I I didn't like that it, the camera kind of lingered and suggested they might be friends again someday. I don't want that. The the I point is... I can with how things stand. No, yeah, I, I think so. But... But you know, there's the thing where she keeps looking back and smiling and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's too, okay. that's too, that's too happy. But yeah. I, I like that they're not friends at the end, and that, and yeah, that Darcy too. says, "I've never been happier." Like, yeah. yes, I, and I get that, and there's, you know, and I think that, and again, this is why I think when you you were 13, I can understand you you loving this film <laughs> because it doesn't it doesn't push that idea when it really should. Because right. when you're 13, you've not experienced being in a toxic friendship that you needed to get out of. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. I mean, I'm sure uh, yeah, some, hopefully some people not. have. But oh, for sure. For the, yeah. most part, like, for the most part, you don't run into like re toxic relationships like that, that you just begin to feel the drain until you know yeah. your late teenage years, early 20s. Or at least if you did run into it, you might not have identified it as that. Right, because usually and, by that, yeah. yeah, there's, and it's there's definitely very few people like, who've had like it's, those lifelong yeah. friendships by then. But exactly, and and I think yeah, and I think so. Lo looking at it through that, you know, that lens, you know, of thirteen-year-old Harrison, I can understand <laughs> why that stuff maybe not that it would have gone over your head, but it wouldn't have made such an impression at the time. 
Right. Um, because, yeah, because you won't necessarily, you probably wouldn't have experienced having to say, like, draw a line under a relationship with someone you've been friends with for a while and say, oh, that's it. That's right. And I yeah. think that's really interesting. Yeah. Also, too, I think, like, there's, to me, there's some major characterization problems in this movie. Oh, for but sure. when I was 13, I so identified with Rachel because when you're Ift. 13 and you're in your preteen years, like, it is, yeah. we're, like, it is, it, for so many people, and I think especially girls, it is so hard for us at that age to have any self-worth if, mm. like, you know, if, like, you know, you're having problems at school or whatever, or, like, you know, you're going, like, you happen to be somebody who, when they hit puberty, is, like, it's a really awkward phase, because yeah. for most of us it is, and we feel awkward and horrible, and we kind of look awkward <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so you're like, oh, yeah, I totally get why a person would, like, never like take a chance on anything yeah. or why a person would like constantly deny uh the attention of another person even if it's someone they like because when you're yeah. when you're 13 and you feel constantly gross about yourself you're like of course anybody expressing interest in me is too good to be true so when yeah. you're, age, you're like yeah that makes perfect sense to me yeah. and then you watch it again like 10 years later and you're <laughs> like why is this 30 year old woman acting like a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> also, also, like, it's like this whole film, like the whole relationship that Rachel builds herself with Darcy, like, is premised on the this idea that Rachel is not attractive. But Jennifer Goodwin right. is like, very attractive. She's beautiful. Like, and, and like, there's, there's, like, a moment where, uh, like her and Dex are like having a little moment and he's like, why didn't you say anything back when we were in law school? And, and she's like, ah, oh, it's because I never thought a guy like you, you know, he's a pretty attractive right. guy, you know, fair enough would go for a girl like me. And he doesn't tell her she's wrong. Oh. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just, just like, like, yeah, you're right. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I did like, no, <laughs> like, no. cool her yeah, out it's on this that. insane universe where yeah. everybody thinks that somehow Jennifer Goodwin yeah, isn't yeah. beautiful. And this, this is <laughs> like, like and also like, like physically attractive. <laughs> this is like John Krasinski kind of like when, when he's like slowly on that transition from like early office us, like chubby John right. Krasinski into like, present day super buff John Krasinski and he's like he's like halfway down the line so he's not that chubby right. even though and he was never that he chubby like let's be clear person. like yeah you know. in fact I would say he looks better than a normal person I would you yeah. know he's as the average population average, goes yeah. right but even then like everyone kind of just dismisses him in this film as right. just like that like you know like schleppy like friend of Rachel he's right. just like just a nothing guy. And they're like, have you even ever played any sports? Yeah, of course the guy's, he looks like, athletic. What? Like, yeah. he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's some weird characterization around. But, like, going back to what the things that... What we, we like. What we like. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, honestly, I think, you know, the initial situation is very complicated, but I think, you know, that is the core of the movie. and I And I do think that that works if the theme is going to be like toxic relationships are difficult to get out of but you have to cut them out of your life yeah yeah because you know we want to you know we do want to see 
we do want to see Rachel go through the go be put in a crucible, you know, because yeah. that's yeah. what's going to change her. Yeah, no, I agree. And, but I, I, I do think, and, and maybe this is something we'll, we'll cover more towards the end, but I do think she shouldn't end up with Dex if we're looking at toxic oh, relationships because no. that relationship is so toxic the whole way yeah, through. Yeah, it's so this toxic. Guy, and, this guy yeah. is just like messing her around so He's much. He's like, oh, I, I say that, I, you know, no, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, I can do <laughs> no. it. Nah, I can't. And at the end, yeah, I can do it. Like, oh boy, I'm just like, Rachel. Hey, cool. Would have been awesome if you would have said that. Yeah. Like, 30 pages ago. I, I literally have in my notes, I've made so many notes for this film. I basically just kept writing down random questions that just like, popped huh? into my head about this film. Um, oh yeah. I said, if Dex changes his mind again, I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. I will. What? Like I will jump into my own television. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like video drone style. <laughs> and I, I will punch this guy in the face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, so how do you want to do this? You, we can either start going through it sort of like plot point by plot point and kind of work our way through it. Or we could, before we do that, we could just have a quick look at the main, I'm going to say the main six characters and just say, this is the reason they're, they're barely a character at all in the film right now. This is what could be done to make them a real person. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, I think it might be good to take a look at the characters first, just because yeah. I think the core. I think the core issue with this film is the characterization problem. They're all just nothing. They're just they, yeah. They're all just nothing. They don't yeah. have clear motivations. Their behavior oh. is not consistent, and we also yeah. have some missing elements of you know why these relationships between these people are important. So that's yeah. how I would start, and then once you have that figured out, then go back to the structure and then figure out like okay well yeah. now that we've established how these people are going to now are going to behave how is that going to change like the actions and events of the film if that makes sense yeah definitely yeah and then we can yeah run through the plot points that way yeah i agree well let's start with rachel who's our main yeah. character oh boy I mean, again, like I joked that like Dex was a blank slate, but like Rachel kind of is as well. I mean, she's insecure, yeah. but apart from that, she has no character traits yeah. at all. Like, it's just that who... she is insecure and that's her yeah. character. And like they keep making this thing about her going to law school just because it's within her backstory. But then her being a lawyer is actually no part of her personality, apart from yeah. that she hates doing her job. But we never see her job. So we have no reason to know why she would hate doing it. We, you know, I. Right. it's just like what this film does and one of its biggest flaws and a lot of these kinds of films, you know, this sort of like middle range rom-com with a, you know, like a decent cast. Like a lot of these films, the issue is they choose to, sh to tell instead of show, which is mm -hmm. like the, you know, that's like filmmaking 101, right? It's. Is show, it's show us these things, okay? If Rachel's unhappy in her job, well, then show us her being unhappy in her job. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't require that much work. We don't have to see her doing that much or just cut that. And, and right. because it, it kind of doesn't make a difference to the story, whether she's happy with her job or not. So just right. cut that, that out. And it, it's just, all of it is just about building this image of our female protagonist in a rom-com she has to just be like, 
She has to be like a hot mess at the beginning of the film, right?、Mm. She has to just be like, "Oh, my life's all over the place. I can't catch me a man.、Uh, you know, my job's <laughs> not working I out. Can't catch me. <laughs> I, you know, uh, oh my, you know, this there's this conflict within this friendship and this conflict within another friendship, and oh, how am I going to get my life together? And then at the、mm. end, they get with a guy, and then that's their life has gotten together again. And that's just like <laughs> there's I don't know. First of all, that's boring. It's, it's tired, but but I think certain elements of that work. Yeah, because you know, that's, know, that's what、can. a rom com is—that it's a degree but, of familiarity. But yeah, you know that doesn't mean it has to be boring to watch. Well, yeah, and but also like that 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 stuff has to make sense. It can't just、mm-hmm. be random bits of information about this person being unhappy just told at us. So that <laughs> you know, so that we'll go. Oh yeah, she got her life together at the end of the film. Yeah, because because that doesn't work. You know,、right. actually, why not have her be happy in her job? You know, she's a good、yes. lawyer and she enjoys、yeah. doing lawyer stuff. I don't know what lawyers do. <laughs> I don't know what they do. The implication <laughs> is she's like a solicitor or something, though, right? She's not like a barrister. She's not like in court or anything. So, like, no, you know, but making <laughs> the sheer comedy of hearing barrister used. <laughs> To describe an American lawyer is really funny. To me. Wait, do you not have barristers? Well, we don't call them that. What? <laughs> is it like an attorney? Ah,、oh, yeah. Whoa, man. Yeah, that、okay. she's not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know what? Because barrister is such a British word. I like, I didn't、so、know that. I just yeah. I did not know. Like, and I know the word attorney. Like, I obviously know that because I've seen <laughs> I've seen films. Like, like, people use it. Yeah, you're like, no, no, no. I don't know why they use that word. No, but like, yeah, here they're called, they're called attorneys. There you are. That is no.、Yeah. That is what they are. Yeah. But she seems anyway, to be doing a lot of office work. Yeah. yeah but that's fine. But like you know, either don't show us her job at all, or do, or like you know, make her love it, or don't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But just, I mean, she seems to be successful enough that she has a secretary because yeah, one yeah. moment in the film where Dex keeps calling her, and you know, Rachel's on the phone at work, and her secretary comes in and holds. Holds a note up saying like Dex、yeah. called three times or whatever. So she's, she's pretty like, successful enough that she has、away. a secretary. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know why I've made. We've like done like four minutes now on her job, and I, I, <laughs> and no, my and point think, is that it's unimportant. Well, like no, I but see, I want to push back against that because I think like I think that can be a, a useful starting point into showing us who she is and why she、yeah. makes the decisions she does. So if what? like、yeah. let, let's say let's say we keep in you know that that she's a lawyer. And、yeah. it's her thirtieth birthday, and you know now she's like kind of getting like late quarter life crisis. You know the 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 I think because so much of it has to do with like you know what you know her choices back in law school.、Mm. What if you know what if she is really successful? She's really good at her job. She really do- loves what she does. And what makes her think like maybe I made the wrong decision is you know sort of this idea of like what if I spent too much time focusing on my career. And, yes, you know, not any time thinking about what would make me happy personally, and、yeah. that gives you like it doesn't have to come up so much again, but at least it's、yeah. like it's a it's a it's a an entry point that's easy to understand and has cues that people are familiar with because、yeah. we're all familiar with the trope of working woman who wonders if she's neglected her personal life too much or that like being successful. In her career has come at the expense of her personal happiness. So that's、yeah. a familiar trope that 
can can get us into her conflict very yeah. quickly. That and that's as simple as giving us a cold open where instead of like opening on this weird like point of view shot, which that's the other thing, like we'll get into it, but like this film <laughs> could be so stylish and it's really not. Like right. and and like rom-com is an area where I think a director can just like can try something slightly stylized and and doesn't you know that doesn't seem to happen with this but it starts with this really weird like point of view shot and it's her like whispering to herself being like oh man i gotta pretend i'm surprised uh you know i gotta pretend i'm surprised and then she comes in it's a surprise birthday party and she pretends she's surprised which is you know whatever but like why not give us a cold open of it's like she knows it's her surprise birthday party because she's controlling that's something that they want to get across well no but she's not even controlling is she because she can't make any decisions herself right it doesn't even make sense. All right, but all right, let's say she knows it's her birthday party. It doesn't even have to be a surprise birthday party, you know? Like, not many people have a surprise birthday parties these days. Like, yeah. what? Anyway. No, so she knows any it's... birthday parties these days. Well, hey. Right? <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> so, okay, let's say she <laughs> knows it's her myself. birthday party. She knows Darcy, like, set it up for her, and she's, like, really wants her to be there on time. But she's just, like, got to, you know, you just open with this, like, you know montage well not even a montage but like this like cold open of like her just trying to like get through the end of her working day so that she can get to her party and still she ends up there late something like that so you get a cold open which we don't have in in the original film which i think it's kind of lacking because it felt like it just dropped us in the middle and not in an exciting way in a what way you know what i mean Yeah. yeah Um, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> First attorney, now confused. <laughs> oh boy, Caleb. Yeah, but, that's... <laughs> but like, it, it gives us an idea of who she is um, and where she's at. And it gives us that sense of like, you know, she's hardworking, she's ambitious, but she's kind of neglected her social life. She And we're seeing her do that rather than being told that's mm-hmm. what she does. Um, and and then also we have something to just introduce us into our character before she's then dropped in a situation in which she has to interact with lots of other people, which is a useful way to start a film like that and to understand who that character is. And I like the idea, let's make her a bit ambitious. And so maybe actually her lack of decision making is because in her career, she's always had to make the call for what's safest to continue her career and she's and so making the safe choices in her personal life has meant neglecting her personal life and that then suddenly we begin to see the motivation for her you know this one night of you know like passion where she does give over her feelings about Dex and then after that she's like I now have to just shut that off entirely because I'm an ambitious person and by allowing myself to go down that route i'm going to ruin what i've been building my whole life so far yeah i I think that's a a better starting approach for her so we understand like where she's coming from and we at least have some justification as to why she is unable to make a decision about literally anything for the entire movie until a half hour before it ends it's like right now it's like yeah. boring hamlet um, you're like you're like it's because like in hamlet you're like well yeah. man that decision is so hard i can understand why he doesn't want to have to make the decision here it's like it's presented to us as if it's so yeah. obvious like what it is that she should do or that yeah. she needs to do something that you just get yeah. frustrated yeah. when she doesn't do anything there's no there's yeah. no real good reason aside from that her best yeah, friend is going to get really angry and rightfully so 
if she does anything. So, okay, well, let's move on to Darcy from there. Um, first of all, they've made her way too dumb and way too insufferable as well. Like, oh. I think the whole point of that right. is that it's like, if she's insufferable for the first hour of the film, then we as an audience won't care that Rachel is literally having an affair behind her friend's back with her her friend's fiance, right? right? Which is, yeah. Which, <clears throat> so I understand why they've done that. But I also, we kind of want to see Rachel and Dex squirm a bit more, right? So why make Darcy such a terrible person? Right, yeah. It's like they are, they're such opposites and have nothing clearly in common that you're like, you don't even understand why, why you don't get why they're even friends. Yeah. Like, why, why has this girl spent so much of her life, like, apparently joined at the hip of this woman who, you know, has never given her friend anything you know has never given any inch in their friendship has never done anything just for you know the love and the needs of her friend you know talking about darcy here that you're like well then why has why does rachel even bother and they Mm. need to give us something more than just that they like to do this dance set to push it Mm. that they learned when they were kids because that's not enough. And they do it when one when one of them pulls as well, which is just Right. Yeah. yeah. Like they don't they don't behave like they're friend like they don't no. behave like they're they're friends, let alone best friends. I mean it just it just for the way that like, you know, Darcy um reveals what she thinks is is a true secret to all of their like immediate company that mm. you know, she that Rachel uh lies to Darcy when she thinks that uh she's going to find out that she and Dex are having an affair and so she lies and says that um well she somehow Darcy infers that she thinks Rachel and Ethan are having an affair. Yeah. And then later in the film uh all of the like they they and their friend group are hanging out in the Hamptons and uh Darcy says you know reveals to everyone that oh Rachel and Ethan are having an affair, which it doesn't matter that it's not true, but yeah. like the Darcy thinks that it's true, yeah. and she reveals what she thinks is a true and, secret to everyone, and just for a laugh, like her motivation yeah, just, is that it will be funny, laugh. yeah, just because it's amusing to her, yeah, um, and that like like she keeps pushing, um, her like she keeps wanting to fix Rachel up with this other idiot named Marcus, who is so obviously not Rachel's type at all. Oh yeah. Like it doesn't like it, she doesn't even Darcy doesn't even care that it's clearly making Rachel uncomfortable. Then we learn later that Darcy had been sleeping with Marcus too mm, and it's mm. just like it and then we aren't ever given a reason of why we should care about them being friends or why yeah. we should want them to stay friends. Because th- that's part of the complexity of toxic relationships and toxic friendships that for all, most most of the time when you are in a toxic friendship or toxic relationship what keeps you from leaving is that there are good qualities to that person yeah there's a reason to keep going back for you right yeah you don't have any reason why we should want rachel and darcy to stay friends so rachel doesn't have a reason so let's let's just riff a reason because it's really that simple why not you know (laughs) there's there's this whole revelation so at the beginning darcy says that like she got into Notre Dame. Um, oh, that kills me every time. 
Um, but, and, but then she, she turned it down to stay friends with Rachel and stay, you know, near her. Um, right. what, well, why not make it, you know, and then we get, yeah, we get this revelation that she didn't, she in fact didn't get into Notre Dame. Um, but she, <laughs> she's probably been lying about it the whole time, although that's never confirmed. Um, why not make it that she did get this place at, I'm not gonna say it again. Um, or, okay, at least maybe make something th- a little more reasonable for her because she oh, can't yeah. be. She can't be a comp- like she can't have not have the grades and be no, no, no. A, but a I'm saying, airhead. I'm saying, why not have it that she does have the grades and yeah. she's not an airhead, yes. and that her and Rachel have bonded over the fact that they were two intelligent people going through high school together, and they enjoyed each other's company because they enjoyed each other's intellect. And why does Darcy have to be stupid? And why not show us two, you know, two friends on screen who the thing that they, the thing that they bond over is, you know, their love of, I don't know, literature or art or something that they've experienced together. Um, And, and so Darcy doesn't have to be stupid. And then also from that, it makes sense that Darcy and Dex might end up together. Cause at the moment, I don't understand why that happens (laughs) either. man even seeing her in the yeah, first place exactly right like other it, it than that she looks like kate hudson right but like you know but <laughs> that only goes so far like this man right. like <laughs> what happens <laughs> when he like, wants I'm to have a marry conversation this woman because... like it's <laughs> she this this is the thing that like her character is just unrealistically stupid i actually wrote down because there's a bit later on where rachel and Darcy chatting and Darcy's, you know, saying like, oh, you know, I know what Dex sees in me. And Rachel says, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Darcy says, um, the thing he sees in me is that like, I've never been fussed about life at all because it all just seems to go right. And I'm like, oh, your one personality trait uh, is white privilege. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Your one personality trait is that you've never That's had to worry about anything because your personality life is fine because you are, you know, the implication is they are all sort of like middle class at the very least, yeah. like middle class white people right. living in New York together, right? Like the re- yeah. your one personality trait is that like everything's going fine for you at all times. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, that, yeah. That, that, that gives me an idea of another way that we can make this friendship actually justified and like ha- yeah. carry some weight for the audience. For you sure. know, saying like every, everything has always gone right for her. Maybe either like that can that can be true, but like maybe you know, Darcy is like even though she might have her her moments of um, you know self centeredness, mm. you know, like let's say rachel like had a sick parent or had some yes. like tragedy happen in her life and darcy was there for her yeah so yeah. we we know that darcy like actually cares about her and even yeah. if she doesn't consistently behave like she cares about her in the way that toxic friends don't that there mm. are moments she has her moments and that's what makes rachel think twice yeah. about she because friendship yeah and that's the thing right is she's supported you know she supported rachel through something very challenging and when you go through trauma in that way and you're supported mm-hmm. by someone it's so hard to become independent of that person even if you're, right. you're not dependent upon them it, it, it you know their strength becomes associated with your overcoming of that trauma and that's so challenging to get away from. And, and now she and, feels indebted yeah. to her in a way. 
Yeah, actually, you know, now she I feels really like she like can't that. take this step because. And, yeah, and again, that doesn't need to affect the main plot of the film. No, like it's really as simple as that. That just being made clear, right? Um, you know, in at the moment, like all of their backstory as friends is given in this like weird speech that Darcy's making at Rachel's birthday. Yeah, it's just like the most cringy, like clunky expositional dump. Like and. Not, not super important, but like badly photoshopped oh, pictures oh, of their past. It's cringy. And, and it's like there's loads of pictures of them as kids together being friends. And I'm I literally note down like all their pics, like they look like they were taken yesterday, even though yeah. they must have been taken like 20 years before. Like at least make them look, <laughs> you know, just like it doesn't take just add a filter. Like go like whoever the guy was, you know, in charge of the pictures for that scene, just like chuck it on Instagram, just like flick through to your yeah. like 90s <laughs> Polaroid filter, just like press on that. And then you, you, you know, and then you just save that photo. It's as simple as that. Like it's, yep. I could do it. I'll do it right now. Yeah. And also those photos are so well lit. Like who was taking the photos of them that day? Like, oh man, it's just stuff like that is so simple. And again, like this, yeah, I, I want to like talk that about it's not taken care of. But anyway, yeah, well, this I I think that the stuff like that, like the design and this film's design, is just so boring and so safe. Yeah, and I just think stuff like that, like Rachel, it's just yeah, yeah. But but that's not the reason it's so safe, right? Exactly. Because if that if that was, and if it if there was a way of kind of bringing those like things it was, together, yeah, it would be interesting. <laughs> But that's not the case. Like, yeah, no. I think that's true. Okay. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that that covers the friendship between Darcy and Rachel. And I think it gives a reason for, it, you know, if Darcy's a very caring person um, right. and she can be a bit self-centered, but actually she has a heart for others. And maybe you even have it that, like, her parents are super rich. That's why they have a place in the Hamptons, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, and she doesn't really have a proper job. She just kind of does philanthropy, right? You know, you mm-hmm. can do that. And that's Sure. You know, we might not care that much about her, but like, it's enough that like, it kind of makes sense. And then that would give a reason for Dex to be interested in her, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah, that she's, you know, she's a philanthropist and like, yeah. at some point in the past, like she was there for Rachel through a yeah. personal tragedy. Yeah. Or a personal yeah. trauma of some sort. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And let's talk about Dex because this guy is one of the dullest people oh I've ever scene the man he says very little and then they acknowledge that he says very little and it's clear that like it's clear that you know thinking about this cynically that it's just like the filmmakers are like we just need a guy to be a stand-in for whichever 13 year old girls are watching this so that they can so that they can just go oh this guy who like he looks really great and i can just project whatever i want to onto him (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Which it, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a terrible way of thinking about it. But I think that it's a pretty clear, cynical decision made by the the writers and director um, to to say like the easiest thing to do with a guy in a sitcom is not make him complicated in any way, but just be like you can you can make him whatever you want him to be, and it's as simple as that. Um, and that's so boring. Mm-hmm. And I just spent the whole time being like there's that scene of them like laughing in the library together Rachel and Dex and she's like really laughing at him and she's like this isn't even funny is it and I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> no yep you're right it's not <laughs> why are you it laughing and and also like at first I thought it was because we hadn't been introduced to his character yet because there is them at the party and then he's like oh, let, me get, let me get a drink with you 
and then they like hop in a taxi and then they start making out <laughs> just yeah. before so uh, they get in the taxi oh. and the taxi driver who is like proper new york taxi oh my driver, god he's like <laughs> you know to the guy to the taxi driver dex says oh two stops like 10th and yeah. fifth and this place and then uh and then they start making out and the guy says he goes hey all right thinking more like one stop yeah <laughs> like, it's out of a completely different movie for oh, man, 15 seconds and it's so it. weird <laughs> yeah, the highlight of the film was a bit that should not have been in the first place it belongs in thinking a more like movie. one stop like, ah, like, honestly yeah. you think i'm i'm overdoing it like that's how it sounds like right. that's yep I think uh, like one. It's just <laughs> I can't even bring myself to say it. Oh it's just boy! Insane. Anyway, and 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 I literally wrote the the next note I wrote was so we're just watching these people cheat and we're on their side, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a. There are certain revelations in this film, like the fact that like Darcy also cheated on Dex, that are are held back for so long that like mm-hmm. I don't understand why we're caring more about Rachel and Dex than we are about Darcy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So Dex, how can he be more interesting? I mean, he's a lawyer too, <sighs> so yeah. that's kind of fun. His his parents are clearly very rich. Did you know that they they are actually named? Oh, they are. Yeah, his parent. Oh my god! Yeah, and also are. like so, no one, no <laughs> oh one god, has, no dad. one has a last name in this whole film except, and and like in except the IMDb list, yes. Dex doesn't have one, but his parents do. His That's dad so is funny. Dexter Thaler Senior. Yeah, and his mother okay. is Bridget Thaler. Um. Anyway, I think the fact that his mom suffers from depression is kind of interesting, but it's only ever used yeah. to raise the stakes in. Uh, the wedding situation right and it's it's fundamentally like misused um where his dad is like there's a bit early on where um dex and rachel are they're walking down the street together and they bump into dex's parents and they're like oh who's this and it becomes clear to his parents that dex is having an affair with her and his dad pulls him aside and he's like look man like it's not about what you want or or you know, it's not about what you want, it's about what's right. And it's not right to be going with this girl when you're meant to be marrying Darcy. And Dex is like, yeah, you're right, dad. And, you know, but, and yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, but the thing is that it's also, like, not clear what he means by, like, what's right. <laughs> what's right. Because, because yeah, what's yeah. right could be either, like, I, like, you know, you should, like, you shouldn't be having an affair with a, a woman when you're already engaged with somebody else, which makes total sense, but also the implication that, like, that he, that he's... he's like you know stringing along a woman telling her that he's going to marry her when he's in love with somebody but the dad does say end it with this girl as in the one who's at dinner with them at lunch with them that's true um but yeah but then later on there's a scene where it's like the wedding party you're all having dinner like you know we we assume it's like the rehearsal dinner or whatever before the wedding right dex looks over at his mom who kind of gives him this like sort of like half smile and he smiles back at her and i think the the implication is that well I don't know maybe I'm, well, I'm reading maybe I'm doing all of the work for Luke Greenfield in in giving this but is that basically the stakes have been for Dex partly that if he doesn't marry Darcy his mum who has depression you know will go downhill because she's been so happy recently looking forward to the wedding now obviously that is a complete misrepresentation of what depression is but right. actually I think you but I think you have an opportunity there to have a scene in which 
having had this conversation with his dad, Dex then has a conversation with his mum, and his mum is like, you know, the wedding is not the reason I've been happy recently. You know, mm-hmm. it's just an up in a life that is ups and downs. And if this isn't what you want, then this can't be what you do. Right. And that right there, like, is just a missed opportunity that, first of all, would have made the whole thing about, you know, it being his mom's depression, but then him misunderstanding and him and, and his dad misunderstanding his mom's depression like, right. of value. But also it would give a reason for Dex to finally change his mind at the end, which yeah. would be much more interesting. I, in terms of Dex himself, though, I think, um, Oof. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I so know, hard because yeah, there's kind of, there's yeah. nothing to work with, right? And right. That's the difficult. Nothing we can just rewrite here. It's like, yeah, it's like having to write a new, character but it's, it's yeah. like because he he shows up when rachel is in law school like yeah. but also like what if what if instead of like rachel just like laughing at him nervously yeah. because she's obviously like very into him what yeah. if it is that he's like very funny like what if he was just yeah. actually just funny and, and you know what like, and instead of him be like wanting to be a teacher like make it that he wants to you know, have a go at stand up or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, and, no, and because ca- that, that works. No, because and that's cast another thing where it's like, funny. yeah, yeah. Because that's another thing where it's like, oh, um, you know, this is another situation in his life where he is choosing what he thinks other people want yeah. him to do, and he's not yeah. doing what he wants. And, to and, do. What and it's more clearly like a less, yeah, it's yeah. more clearly like a, you, a less easily achievable goal. You know what? And I, I'm gonna say it. Uh, right now rather than later on i mean we we all definitely wanted rachel to end up with ethan played by john krasinski it's so obvious (laughs) but like if you have this other element in dex's life where actually he wanted to to have a go at stand-up well why not have it where at the end you know she does end up with ethan but he has a go and he's tries to make something of it in stand-up and then we still have mm-hmm. a happy ending for him and we still yeah. care about him and that works because otherwise it's not a comedy really if right you know you're not finding these happy endings for these main characters but that can still be a happy ending for him but actually rachel kind of made the decision to go with ethan rather than to go with dex which makes so much more sense right in this whole film it, yeah like um, this this is one yeah. of those this is one of those stories to me and this, i think this is very prevalent in rom-coms that it's like like the characters don't get what they want but they get what they need yeah and and this is like a journey of rachel figuring out like what she thinks she wants isn't what she needs she thinks she wants dex but who she needs is ethan that's you know and like dex thinks he wants darcy or like he thinks he wants like actually that's his problem because he doesn't know what he wants but like you know like he, he thinks he he wants to please his parents or that upper like upper crust of people and what he really wants or i mean what he really needs rather is to pursue his dream which is you know in this case stand-up comedy but it could be anything Um, it it, it, it doesn't matter what it is but like exactly you know that's what we're saying for now yeah just just to have a thing for him to do and just have some comedy in this film as well and like what darcy thinks that she wants is like to be a part of this like glamorous life and have this glamorous wedding you know whatever yeah but what she needs is to be grounded somehow and yeah. maybe like you know maybe you know because then there's this subplot with like her having an affair with marcus she's yeah. like oh we had this connection 
maybe it is a real connection. And maybe yeah. Marcus isn't isn't as much of a dingus as he's presented well, here, but that there's yeah. something grounding about him that grounds her. Yeah, I think that's it. And I let well, let's yeah, talk a little bit about Marcus here. I think that, yeah, she needs to be grounded. And I think Marcus can ground it in that she's she's been going it with like these like high earning upper middle class very fancy people and marcus presents a a lower middle class you know narrow you know character who is you know he he maybe he has a job that's just like i don't know like uh an accountant or something but like a low level like or middle management or something like that and he's just like a guy who's just like you know, he, he enjoys pieing at the weekend. And the reason he does is because his, his work is just a slog because he's got to get through it to earn enough money to live. Right. And that grounds her mm-hmm. because she's been, you know, heiress to some big fortune or something. She's been doing philanthropy her whole life. And, and the only people she's dated are people who are also operating in those spheres. And suddenly mm-hmm. through deck, she meets this guy who's just a normal guy. And she's like, Oh mm-hmm. man, this is what just regular life for regular people is like. And all her philanthropy and charity work has never actually shown her what that experience is like. And you know what? She likes it because it's simpler mm-hmm. and it's, well, not simpler, but it's, it's, it, it doesn't come with the facade that wealth often comes with and that right. can ground her. And that and, can yeah. be uh, a, an experience that she wants to have for the rest of her life with Marcus mm-hmm. or not, you know, not even maybe the rest of her life, and but at least it, enough to yeah. be a happy ending. Yeah, and and it feels and it still feels true to her in yeah. this you know updated version of her because there's a conversation that Rachel and Darcy have when they like have a moment where they are reconnecting with their friendship and you know goofing yeah. around, and and Darcy says to her like you're the only one who accepts me for me or accepts me as I am, and so yeah. that reveals to us oh well this is this is really what she wants she doesn't necessarily want all of, like the the pomp and circumstance of you know, living in the upper crust or being yeah. like a, like a philanthropic socialite. But what she wants is somebody to accept her as she is, warts and all, and not having to pretend to be someone she isn't. And yeah. that relationship with Marcus can be like the culmination of that change for her. Yeah. And I think that that solves the, the Marcus question as well about who he is. Um, <laughs> and can I jump in here as well and say just how woefully used the location and setting of the Hamptons was like I I, that's an interesting setting because again it it gives us an opportunity to kind of delve into this world of um the kind of upper crust of New York society I mean I don't know New York and I don't know the Hamptons well but the impression I've gotten from seeing it in other stuff is that the point is it's like the upper crust it's like the the you know the haves rather than the have-nots right places in the Hamptons that they can go to in the summer and stuff Um, yeah and 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 all we see of the Hamptons is this little patch of beach, and then some bar called the Jetty, which is like <laughs> the it's like um, you know it's like Luke Greenfield like walked into a design meeting and they're like, oh, what are we thinking for this bar? And he's like, can I have standard American bar? And they said yes. You're like, standard American bar. <laughs> Y'all got it's... any more of that? basic set design yeah there's nothing to it there's and the house they have there there's nothing to that house i mean like there is an opportunity for someone like marcus again show us a bit more of who his character is you know dex is like oh marcus old family friend from 
back where I used to live, you know, it can be anywhere or the West Coast. So, you know, Marcus has never seen this kind of wealth and he's invited up to the right. Hamptons for that weekend. And he's like, oh, wow, this is this yeah, is a different world I'm living in. And you make that house a completely different world that they're living in. Mm-hmm. And then it, it also makes sense that Darcy wants to get away every weekend to the Hamptons. At the moment, I don't see the appeal apart from they can mm-hmm. go to the beach, I guess. Like, a- apart from that, like, yeah, it doesn't seem that good. Like, like especially I when you live in New York, like you yeah. live in Manhattan, one of the yeah. most interesting if not the most interesting diverse cities in the yeah. world and you like you're running away to the hamptons every weekend mm. Mm. exactly but like okay but make the hamptons something worth running away to every right, weekend. Exactly. and and i think you can and i think it's an interesting location to use and it's one that throws up a lot of questions about you know if we're introducing these issues of like class and of wealth it and and those and those are there underlying like there's the whole thing about um Dex's dad like buying them a house and stuff like there's those are questions that are ready to be asked they're just never pushed yeah um yeah okay Ethan is you know Poor we, Ethan. we've already mentioned I mean like the man first of all like give John Krasinski more screen time yeah he's first of he's all- gold. Like the Matt, he he can do no wrong. Yeah, and he, and he, he does do no yeah. wrong. Apart he ran away from... with this with what he was given, which is not <laughs> he, very much. But he does do no wrong, except this really weird bit where this girl he, he's like slept with this girl Claire, um, who is I guess friends with Darcy and Rachel, although we never explored that in any way right. either. Um, and and but he doesn't like her. But he doesn't want to say that, so he just pretends he's gay. And boy, has that joke not aged well. Oh, no. Boy, oh, boy, that's really bad. And it's 2011, guys. Yeah, it's already 2011 by the time they're making this movie. Like, I'm shocked that anyone thought that that was, like, an acceptable plot element <laughs> man and it's and it goes on and and also not only does it go on but darcy is revealed to be one of the like most vile homophobes like on oh, the yeah. planet and oh my did, like, word gloss over it it's she says some very hurtful very homophobic things oh yeah and, and i'm like boy is this comedy is this the bit that's meant to be funny in this film like, yeah, like yeah, sh- there's this there like one of many weird moments, but one that I just like thought was like oddly played for laughs and I yeah. like we're presented like we're presented in this interaction that Darcy and Claire have as if Claire is yeah. supposed to be the butt of the joke just because she wears a t shirt that says uh the phrase legalize gay. Yeah. Um and like Darcy thinks it's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world oh, because man. Claire isn't gay and Claire's like, Well, you know, everybody deserves yeah equal rights and darcy just like <laughs> cracks herself up as if like, yeah. <laughs> like pointing out that she's a straight woman wearing this shirt yeah, is somehow yeah. so funny she's like and, okay <laughs> you know, like, okay yeah i mean claire is right we all deserve equal rights like what is funny to you about this claire it makes no again, sense like, poor ethan but poor claire like poor claire I mean, All right. to be make, fair, make more like, of it. Like, honestly, Ethan doesn't need to be different. He just needs to be made more of. We, yeah, we, we need just, to see more, more of him and Rachel. We need to yeah. understand their relationship. We need to understand a bit more of their backstory. And and then also, we need to have an inkling of, you know, I mean, we know, but again, because of the familiarity of, his, of a rom com, that he's going to declare his love at some point because that mm-hmm. always happens. Unless he is actually the gay best friend, he's going to declare right. his love, right? Um, but there is no like suggestion of 
his feelings towards her until he comes out right and says, right. I love you. And, and so what you need to do is show more of their friendship, but then also show that he loves her in mm-hmm. any way possible. Rather than just have him like walking around disgusted by like that, you know, looking at Claire, who again, a very attractive person. Yeah, like, she's not... <laughs> She's not hideous. No, she's not. Like, none of these people are unattractive. They're all pretty pretty attractive compared to regular human beings. Right. So, like, you know, show that. And show maybe, like, him seeing Rachel fawn over Dex this whole time. And he's just there, like, you know, show him being kind of upset by that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe maybe we see him, you know, maybe even, like, we see him share, like, a tender moment with, like, Marcus or something where where he kind of like hints at that and marcus like reads what he's saying wrong and is like oh yeah yeah and like tries to bro out or something you know what i mean <laughs> do you know the kind of tender moment yeah. i'm thinking where like if the show share that feeling and marcus is not reading what he's saying like that and and that would kind of be a fun as well because i think even he doesn't he clearly doesn't like marcus but maybe he feels he's the only person he could say that in front of or something like that right and, and that works and 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 then we get to see like that ethan does love rachel before it's revealed 20 minutes before the end of the film which right. is you know which doesn't give us any time to process it and and any time for it to have any effect on the on the the action of the film and even the moment where he's like i'm moving to london like this is rachel's best friend (laughs) like her best friend who actually acts like a best friend her best friend in the whole world that like clearly she's known for a very long time like that is such a it's such a lost opportunity because that could be ethan's moment of being like i'm gonna throw this out there that i'm leaving and hopefully she'll give me some indication that she wants me to stay and she is like all right see ya but then like you can again you can use that he can say like i'm moving to london yeah she's like oh man and you know that's again just quickly as well give him a better reason to be moving moving to london a publisher's interested in my book why does he why do you have to move to london for that (laughs) um but yeah i mean have her reaction be something of bittersweet rather than just Mm -hmm. one friend like have her be like well what am i going to do about you here in the city right like well you know like you know he can shrug it off in that very john krasinski way where right you can do that or that's fine you know you'll be fine without me because you never really needed me anyway which is very much the like the like you know we we could hold hands no we won't unless you know like (laughs) unless literally that meme right there right but like and it could be and that's fine the reason that meme is funny is because we've seen it a hundred times but right because we know the trope exactly but again it's this is it's this film exists in this weird like limbo where like there are tropes of rom-coms but misused and then there are clear tropes that are just missing that should be there which is just very strange. Yeah, I am um, going to throw in about Ethan that yeah. like he his story also has some parallels to Rachel that the comparison is lost in the film where they mm. should be emphasized that he is sort of like he's on a parallel path to her because he is also in like not necessarily like unrequited love but like he has had these feelings about her that he has not expressed to her for yeah. a very long time and yeah. because he didn't like, you know, and make it clear before, like, oh, like, you know, 
He's like, I, I, you know, fell in love with you at this point. And then, you know, I kept putting it off and putting it off. And then, you know, I saw that you were gravitating towards Dex and I didn't want to get in the way. And then it never felt like the right time. And then, so then he's like, you know, and I'm tired of, you know, like, and I'm seeing you do the same thing to yourself. So I'm going to sh- like, you know, so I'm going to, re- you know, take that chance. Yeah. If you're not going to take the chance. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, and the moment when he does reveal his love to her, she can still turn him down. What, you know, what I kind of wanted to see is, is she turns him down at that moment and goes mm-hmm. back and then we have that scene in the flat, which again, it's like verging on fast, but we don't actually get to see any fast. The one moment I, I did really like towards the end of the film, though, that, that bit was the bit where Darcy leaves and then there's a knock on the door immediately. She opens right, the door she and Darcy's him. like, yeah. is that his jacket? I think that really worked and it's really effective. And it's a moment where, again, like I, a moment where like I feel like there's a there's a tension in this film around mm-hmm. all of these affairs that have been happening. And it feels like, oh, this this suddenly feels real. And it suddenly feels like we're not laughing about these the fact that these people have been cheating on each other. But we're mm-hmm. like, oh, the fact that these people have been cheating on each other hurts each other. Right. And these are toxic relationships. And you can have that whole scene play out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can have the, the jump of two months, which is a very strange amount of time. I feel like they could have done with it being longer because that's such a bizarre, like, cool off time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two months is not very long. Um, yeah, it's really not. Like, things but, but okay, like, let's say it's six months right. and yeah. she bumps into Darcy. Rachel bumps into Darcy and she can be very late on in her pregnancy. And, that, yeah. and that's kind of more interesting because then you can... And, and then Darcy saying, no, I'm happier than I've ever been. Even though I'm at a point where like my body is all over the place with like right. hormones and stuff. I'm right at that point where I'm about to give birth and things are stressful and tiring. And me and Marcus are just trying to figure stuff out. Uh-huh. I'm happier than I've ever been because our toxic friendship's over is the implication, right? Right. And then, you know, you have Rachel gets this little call and she's like, oh, you're just around the corner, are you? She comes around the corner. Ah! And instead of it being Dex, it's Ethan. It's Ethan. <laughs> How good would that have been? And we learn. Yes. That, you know, and we learn and we don't even need to be told. We learn right. immediately. Oh, after that, you know, like fiasco in the flat. What happened was Darcy realized Marcus was the one for her and Rachel realized everything with Dex has been a complete farce because that scene should have right. been a farce, right? Mm-hmm. And and then she ends up with Ethan, which is what we all want her to do. And, we all want anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it could be six months and he's finished his book and it... And, yeah. and, and they, like, they start walking down the street as the music plays and they, like, go past a book shop and it has his little book... <laughs> His his whole book. The old, I, actually, okay. I hate that. But yeah. You know what? But that's the kind of movie this is. So if yeah. Like, the the only the only thing I would change about that though is okay. like, the way that Rachel behaves in the confrontation scene between her and Darcy in, yeah. in her apartment because I yeah. think that that scene is just sort of like well Rachel never really changed how she behaved she never learned anything because yeah. the confrontation is only forced. When Darcy realizes, you know, she sees the visual cue that Dex is there. But you can, and I think you can still keep that because I think that is a very interesting moment. But then Rachel's reaction, rather than just like passively being like, no, as in like, as if to say like, don't go looking for him in the apartment or whatever. Or like, you know, I'm so sorry and being, you know, just pouring out her apologies. Like, I think she can feel sorry about it because she clearly does. But instead, like, I think 
the way for us to see that Rachel is now a different person and that she's mm. learned from this and that she's consciously making the decision herself to end this toxic relationship is yeah. like, is that Texas jacket? Yes, it's his jacket. And say like, you know, we like we've been having an affair and to say yeah. it out loud and yeah. out- acknowledge it directly to Darcy in her words yes. to acknowledge what she has done and, you know, how she was feeling and where she was coming from. And then mm. saying like, you know, and I know that we can't like we can't recover from this. And just having a moment where she yeah. has to directly acknowledge what it is that she's been doing. That yeah. is like, you know, OK, yeah, the, the, the friendship isn't salvageable. Because, you know, it wasn't, like, it was never salvageable from the beginning. It was not a, fr- toxic friendships are not meant to last. Because yeah. if they do, they will kill you. So yeah. she has this moment where she's, like, like tangibly acknowledging her behavior and also acknowledging how toxic this friendship has been for the both of them. And that's yeah. a change in this point, you know, in, in like, endpoint Rachel and beginning Rachel that yeah. shows us that she has changed as a person even though she's been going back and forth the whole time this is the moment where she says the confrontation has come to my door and I'm here to meet it and and maybe at that moment Darcy isn't willing to accept that the friendship is over in mm-hmm. the same way that Rachel is and right. and then when we see her six months later her saying I'm happier than I ever have been is her acknowledging it to Rachel when Rachel has already acknowledged it to her. And, and I think that's, you know, that's great. And even like people don't even stay best friends with like their, you know, best men or like their maid of honor or whatever. Like that doesn't necessarily happen because you might get married in your like twenties or early thirties or something. And then like you get to like 55 and you've maybe not seen them since your wedding. Right. Like, I think that's fine. I think, and I think it's something that we never talk about. And especially like this kind of film would never be willing to acknowledge usually like rom-coms are not willing because they're about things ending happily. And actually think when things end happily, they have mm-hmm. to all end kind of how they begun, you know, like, but, but this time everyone's mm-hmm. with the right person kind of thing, but, but everyone's happy about it. But actually the thing is, is that, and again, I think I want to see more tension in that final meeting in the street. Like Darcy's like, I'm not happy about seeing you, but I'm happier than I have ever have been in my life apart from that kind of thing. And I think that is something that's kind of missing is really acknowledging that toxicity in that like they don't even want to see each other ever again. And they don't have to because they live in New York and it's huge. <laughs> and it's fine. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. That they <laughs> yeah. Do it yeah. Yeah. Really quite and, yeah. And then we we have Claire, who I think is is still worth having, but like let's let's put her friendship alongside Darcy and Rachel. Let's make her one of their friends. Let's maybe you know rather than it's just like Ethan slept with her once. Like let's maybe make it that they did have some kind of relationship, and Ethan has to kind of square off the fact that he doesn't want to be with her anymore. Um. And rather than just pretending yeah. he's gay, I think, like actually yeah. it's it's him trying to avoid yeah. having that conversation when they're in the Hamptons. And then by the end of, you know, that weekend or the next weekend or whatever, he then has to have that conversation with her. And that gives you a nice like sort of climax to a second act somewhere in the film as well. Um, like again, like I feel like this film just like it didn't it just was like no build and then like a climax at the end. Like there was no like real like ups and downs that like give us a trajectory of the story throughout um 
So maybe adding a subplot that offers that would give us something. And then that moment where Claire comes up to Rachel and she says, he's never going to love me, is she? And she says, no, I don't think he is. And she's like, at least I tried. Well, then at least we've seen her actually try with a guy who's not saying he's gay, but is a guy who like, they've had a relationship and she thought it was going to work, but he right. knew it wasn't because he's in love with Rachel. And then you get something from that. And there's, yeah. there's an emotional core to that part of the film as well. Um, rather than it just being like played for weird laughs that yeah. <laughs> do not work. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, it's sort of like, I, you know, Ethan being like the version of yeah like a different version of Rachel in the sense that like, you know, he is in love with somebody else, but you know, he's trying to make it work with somebody who isn't the woman who yeah. he truly believes is the love of his life. And you know, like, yeah, maybe it even gets kind of serious with Claire and then, yeah. you know, he has to break it off because and that could be like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's the backstory that, you know, they got really serious and he ran away and Claire is like mm. trying to figure out why, why, you know, things were going so great. Why, why did this happen? And so like the, 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 the tragic comedy of her presence in the movie is like, you know, representing when you want to make something work with somebody and like you don't understand yeah. why it's not yeah. working you know and and in that way like you know that's like you, you know yeah we we care about her because we 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 it pains us when we see her yeah. try and fail um but then we also see how Ethan yeah. is kind of running and, away from uh, things yeah. in the way Rachel is and eventually he he sees the similarities to and that's what pushes to Rachel. Him yeah. to, to and and actually tying these characters to together in ways that are more than just like we're told that they have to be in the same place as each other rather than like we see that they are all you know connected in some way and that that connection is real like it means that like for example that scene we talked about earlier where they're playing badminton and darcy just reveals that ethan's been having an affair with rachel well maybe that is some misinformation and darcy does reveal it but the reason she reveals it is you know maybe like you know they've all had a few too many drinks or whatever and and maybe claire reveals you know some secret maybe even darcy doesn't even say ethan and rachel are having an affair but she says like you know ethan's never gonna love you claire or something like that and that realization can be can be had through that, and then Claire runs off, and then that conversation can spiral into mm-hmm. the revelation of uh, Rachel's made up affair with Ethan or something like that. And and again, it's a big right. problem in this film is so many of these little situations that occur feel very contrived, and it's about actually if I felt like any of these people knew each other and were actually friends or actually were in love with each other, then I think that I would care more. Um, about these situations popping up. And I think that those situations popping up would be less contrived and wouldn't feel so forced. And I think as well, like, like the tagline of the film, right, is it's a thin line between love and friendship, which is kind of a, you know, that's a big, like, rom-com trope. But I didn't feel like any of these people could ever be friends. Right. <laughs> None of them <laughs> act like they are friends with each yeah. other, except how good of a friend Ethan yeah. is to and Rachel. like, why, that's exactly, it. why can Ethan... Like, really what he wants to get out of that, the relationship with Claire is a strong friendship. And maybe we see that happen. And that is a positive, like, platonic message to go alongside, like, the romantic comedy that we're seeing as well play out. And, and, you know, maybe Claire Mm -hmm. and Dex, like, those are two people, like, we all talk about with Dex that he doesn't need to end up with anyone. He can end up just, like, 
following his dreams. Maybe Claire doesn't need to end up with anyone, but actually the place she ends up in is that like, she feels as though she's been able to build a strong friendship with Ethan and, and a strong friendship with Rachel. And that mm-hmm. she feels like she doesn't need to seek the approval of a man to feel like she's worth anything. And that gives an arc to a character that at the moment just like pops up to make us laugh at a woman who is fawning over a guy that doesn't care about her, which is a bad look. Yeah. And and tired and old and not funny. Yeah, just not <laughs> funny. And so much of this film is funny. that. It's just not funny. And it and it's such a shame because there are people here that should be much funnier. Like my boy like my my boy John. <laughs> my boy John. <laughs> Our king. Um Oh my goodness! Yeah, John Krasinski. Just, if you're, if you're, I listening. just read the IMDb description of this film, right? And I'm just going to read it to you. It's only one line. Friendships are tested, and secrets come to the surface when terminally single Rachel falls for Dex, her best friend, Darcy's fiance. Is there any, ever any implication that she's terminally single, apart from the fact that we've never seen any of her exes? Single. Like, that's not. Um. Yeah. No one ever really says that. No. That's such a. How weird. But you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised of, of if that's why she's like that... so down on her luck is oh sorry. Well, I was just I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that the filmmakers thought they were getting across. Right. But they just were <laughs> getting it across. They just did. Like the only thing we know about Rachel's like supposedly unsuccessful yeah. love life is that she like pushed away a guy who made it so very obvious mm. that he was into her. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Like yeah. and that like she like doesn't have any like any self-esteem or self-confidence at all whatsoever and is constantly putting herself down but we never like she never even mentions like you know man like i've tried and failed like we had no like and that's one brief thing that i want to address before we wrap Mm. up that like we don't we also don't have really a reason why rachel is so shy yeah yeah you know why she is so insistent that uh, you know a guy you know like dex couldn't like her you know and and i think it might be worth it maybe like you know maybe she had some sort of betrayal happen to her yeah in in high school and you know darcy was was there for Ma- her. and like, maybe you know, darcy even, was there for her yeah. when yeah with with the bigger more serious trauma yeah. and darcy was also there when like you know uh uh, like uh, Rachel got like pranked at the prom yeah. or something and, and, that that gives a justification yeah. as to why she's so darn shy. Yeah, and and I think as well like so we get like a couple of flashbacks really early on in the film, and then we get like more of a flashback later on in the film. And I think again, it's this weird thing of 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 directors like needing to choose a, a way of giving us information. If you want to use yeah. the flashback as a framing device of further information about Rachel, which I kind of I didn't like it at first, but actually when we came to that final flashback and it's like a further revelation within an old flashback, I thought, okay, there's something interesting here. Well, then give us flashbacks all the way through the film, and and like right. there's this kind of interesting style consistent. they use where like present day her turns black and white as the flashback comes in in color and we're kind of brought back into that scene i don't mind that i think it's kind of a a bit of a flourish that we don't really see elsewhere in this film um and i think you know give us those flashbacks all the way through and then make them go somewhere and reveal something and kind of embed something more than just like that final revelation that on that night in the bar like 
she wished she'd said something. But actually, they could go even further than that to show us a bit of her friendship and the reason that friendship is toxic, but also continues to this day and why it hasn't ended before. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And in a flashback, like, or in a, in a flashback, you know, to their high school years or something, give us some sort of like, you know, I feel like trauma is a little heavy war, but some event yeah. that happens in Rachel's like, like formative romantic years that makes her so shy that it's literally like has to do with her revealing her feelings to somebody and getting so so embarrassed she gets gets, like destroyed publicly she gets gets (laughs) yeah the greatest like rachel has the greatest curve of all time happened to her the one time she was like i'm gonna tell this cute guy that i like him and that's why she's like i'm never yeah yeah (laughs) no no i agree and and even then like you can introduce like just bring Ethan into one of those flashbacks as well. And we see more of him. Like there's so, there's so many opportunities with that as a framing device. And it's one I don't mind that I think you, you could have made more, well, not you, but (laughs) Luke (laughs) Greenfield could have made, could have made more of that as a concept. And cause it kind of did give an opportunity to kind of, play with something that's just almost experimental in in the sort of temporal space that this film is occupying um yeah and, and just like any opportunity within this form of rom-com for some experimentation is just worth pursuing um if it's going to fit within the film that you're making i think right um yeah i think i think like kind of puts us there we kind of discussed the changes that that would make to the plot like you know like we were saying kind of saying up the top like like following the beats of this film is not really a big problem with it It, in Mm -hmm. that like it's just like the characterization is so weird and their motivations don't make any sense and so many of them just have so little to them and just like cleaning up those issues builds a new plot line i think that hopefully has become relatively clear um in which these characters are just interacting in a way that makes far more sense and and shows them to be people who care about each other and like each other which is more interesting to see on screen than people who just seem to have zero connection to each other whatsoever yeah and i think I, i think you know our reworked version both keeps at the forefront this theme of toxic relationships and the difficulties that they present for people uh and also and also gives us a satisfying ending Mm. that feels justified and doesn't feel like it's too fantastical or that it's a cop-out in any way that like you know yeah it is a little you know happy ending ish but it, it it's okay because you've you've justified other people's motivations and and acknowledge like those tropes within this version and it and it's not happy in the in the traditional rom-com sense in that it's not like it's not dex and rachel ending up together and it's not right like which is really screwed yeah, up like i'm gonna say no it. it is it is it's so it's just wrong because this guy does not treat her well and to be honest like she doesn't really have any reason to like like him that much and, and yet they end up together at the end and we're meant to be happy about that and yeah and like i said that the one really interesting thing was that she wasn't friends with darcy at the end and that was interesting because like you you were like yeah they shouldn't be friends but that's not a happy ending you know what i mean right and, and i think that's what we're aiming for is it's like no 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 we're going for what like what should happen rather than like what 
would happen in a Hollywood film, right? It's like, no, they shouldn't be friends. No, she shouldn't be in a relationship with Dex. Like, you know, that Rachel and Ethan should end up together. Darcy and Marcus should end up together. Like, those are things that make sense. Um, right. And, and so it is a happy ending, but it's just not happy in the most obvious sense possible. Yeah. And I think in a way that still feels satisfying. Yeah. And also that that an ending that demonstrates how these characters have changed. Yeah. Because Rachel ending up with Dex and the way that the confrontation at the end with Darcy currently plays out yeah. is like, like Rachel didn't learn anything. And even Her behavior didn't change. She never even had to acknowledge what she did yeah. or, you know, how she hurt her friend for her to get what she supposedly thinks she wants. But if you have an ending where, you know, she acknowledges, you know, vocally to Darcy what like what she did to her, but also why their relationship is toxic and why it can't continue, yeah. and then have her end up with Ethan, who is like a person who has demonstrated that he cares about yeah. her and shows that through his behavior for her and is the one who like take like is inspired to take a chance that sh- then that ending tracks in terms of the way that their behavior is now yeah. changed like now now the characters are doing things that they would not have done at the beginning of the film but they're doing them because of the events that they've experienced throughout the course of the and, film yeah and that's that's a satisfying ending. that's very satisfying yeah i think that that just makes much they gotta be sense. different people yeah yeah because otherwise why have i spent an hour and 53 right. minutes watching like oh yeah. it was so long it would just make it shorter as well yeah. like i mean i feel like that's yeah. Yeah, on top of all that like <laughs> make it shorter make it more stylish as well like those are other things uh, i don't know and like there's not much that needs to be said about them but like it, it was too long there were scenes that could have been cut and it was an ugly film it was so it was yeah. so flat it was so boring it, it was like the color grading of an Avengers film oh, man. with a rom-com. Yeah. Like, I just, mean, and like, like, gray. Yeah, like, it was probably shot digital, I imagine, which makes a difference. And, like, but it was also, like, you know, like, there's that scene where her and John Krasinski are walking along, like, uh, chatting about it. And they're, like, just walking in a place that is entirely gray. It's like, that's the architecture. Arc. And John Krasinski is dressed in gray. Like, right. And so is um, Jennifer Goodwin as well. Like, it, it it's... And I'm like, who made this cool? Like, yeah. this is meant to be like a light, like summer flick. And, and everything is yeah. gray. And, and even, even, yeah. Just yeah. like, I mean, with well, you can do so much with color. Like, I kind of yeah. get like New York is like this place where everybody feels boxed in. Cool, go with that. You know, yeah. like she's stuck in a rut. She can't change her behavior. She can't make a decision. And then New you're York making more like, of the Hamptons. You know, yeah, it's like, you know, stylized, like almost black yeah. and white. You go to the Hamptons. This is the place where everyone like loosens their inhibitions it's the place where it's like yeah. it's it's make-believe land it's the place where people like explore you know their their fantasies that's you know brightly colored and then maybe as we get closer to the climax maybe we start to see more color because people are starting to change their behavior and like be who they are and make decisions yeah and that final like that final you know epilogue can be like right right colorful like yeah beautiful like 
like very vivid. And and the one moment where it felt like they were kind of getting that is the argument between Rachel and Ethan on the beach in the Hamptons. It was like a very vivid yellow and a very vivid blue from the sea. And I thought, why was why was the Hamptons shot this way for an argument, but not for the rest of the film? Right. Like, <laughs> this looks amazing. I'm really into this. I want to see more of this through the whole film. Like give, like, I don't like, and this is what I think, the lesson that's being like that a lot of these sort of like late noughties, early 2010s rom-coms look like this. And and actually a lot of like modern rom-coms, I'm thinking like crazy rich Asians always be my maybe films like this are so stylish. They're so interesting to look at. And some of the visuals are just breathtaking throughout. And I think that's a lesson that's being, being learned is that rom-coms don't just need a steady hand. They need someone who's willing to bring some flair and some style to the, to the film and, and to put it on screen in a way that looks interesting and makes us feel excited about what's happening on screen because it's so breathtaking. Like you have this beautiful cast, like don't light them like so flat, like so uninteresting (laughs) Like, no, but I mean, yeah. like, it's like the whole way through, I just think these are just like really like beautiful people to look at. These are really, mm-hmm. these should be really beautiful scenery around them. And we're just missing that because your production design is not good and you're not shooting this in a way that's interesting. And the color grading is so boring and so dull in like yeah. every sense of the word, Um, which is just, again, like beyond the big issues of the story. That's such a right. quick fix, or at least it seems yeah. like it should be. And and when you're working on digital, yeah, you don't get all of like the beauty that film brings with it, but it makes color grading like easier to play with. Like yeah. it's, it's so simple. There's a lot that could have been done in post to make this, you know, I mean, it's sort of like the, the I always think of it as like, you know, is the director going to show me why this story had to be told as a film and not yeah. as anything else? Like, because yeah. otherwise, it just feels like, then it's just a, it's a filmed play. Yeah. You know, why aren't I yeah. seeing this like on the stage? Yeah. You know, and, but if you stylize it, then yeah. it, you're using the medium to the fullest. Like you're showing me why this had to be, it, like why I need to see this as as a film. Yeah. And like, the, I'm kind of surprised that it was Luke Greenfield who's the guy who directed Let's Be Cops, which. Um, <laughs> probably not aged well like because it probably was like proper propaganda but like it's a funny film but that film also like there's a very clear aesthetic he's going for and there are stylish like moments where he he is using these little stylized flares that are like clearly his invention or his uh stamp on that story or that film that that kind of this film is just lacking entirely and yeah i'm honestly shocked that he's the director because i mean it really could have been anybody yeah. But considering that like some of the some of the other stuff he's done is like whether whether you like it or not, it's like some it's pretty bold, I would say. Like yeah. I mean like, you know, the animal is like, you know, it's like a like a kooky comedy. And even like the girl next door is like, you know, kind of out there with yeah. its plot. And so I'm just shocked that this movie that is like the way it is now is so yeah i'm just yeah so i'm just looking basic. at the guy like, how is why did they think of him to direct it because he also didn't write the screenplay so this yeah. they were tossing around this screenplay and then they were like who are we going to get to direct it and then somebody somehow was like luke greenfield <laughs> how how they came up with that yeah choice. such a 
You know, and the guy, so the guy who shot this um, is uh, Charles Minsky, who has shot a number of things, uh, including, I mean, he shot New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. Um, But he also shot like The Producers, which is quite a stylish film, I would say. Yeah. He shot Pretty Woman, which we were going to talk about today, but we'll talk about another time. Um, Yeah. Like, it's not like he's done nothing. I, I find that interesting. Right. Like there, there there probably are things here that I think he'd probably, again, it's just like, I don't understand why this film is lacking all of that. Like there, there are people on this team. And again, I don't understand why it's lacking comedy. Like there are people in that cast who you would have thought would at least like try and speak up about like the issues with, you know, just like d- clunky dialogue and things like that. Like, I don't know. Why, why did, why did some of these people take on this film as a, choice is bizarre why does it look so uninteresting and so dull when you have people attached to it who aren't you know they're not big names who are going to like capture this in an amazing way but they'd at least do something with it and instead it's just flat and boring and yeah, yeah which is know. a bummer because with a couple of elements rearranged and clarified it could be a really interesting story yeah 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 well i mean we did it again <laughs> we did it we did it again. We saved it. Um, <laughs> You're welcome, Loop Green. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's, I'll be expecting that's my residuals some, in the mail. <laughs> that's some good news for you. Yeah, that's that's some good news for you. Um, uh, well, now on to our famous segment. Um, didn't, we, imagine, didn't we discuss how we were going to rework no, this? <laughs> now we're no, doing it the same. Okay, cool. Harrison is it's yeah you know what I think this is something you would make early in your career so let's say you know it's early it's, it's 2027 <laughs> okay all right you are helming your third feature right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why I that's so funny and um and someone says <laughs> you remember that film something borrowed and you go oh my god yeah I did a podcast about it and no and then I'm also like <laughs> And I loved it when I was 13. (laughs) Or no, sorry. Someone says, you know that film, Something Borrowed, and you say, no, I've never heard of it. And then they have to explain it to you, and you go, oh, yeah, that film. Yeah. Um, And then they say, well, do you want to remake it and you can do it however you like? And you say, well, I already know exactly how I would redo it. Yeah. Uh, Would you do it? I would I would do it with the caveat that yeah. um I well I'd ha- I'm I mean I'd, I'd have to do a lot of planning for this maybe maybe I'd even put it off a couple years because I'd have to wait for the clone of John Krasinski yeah. to to develop and grow up and go yeah. to acting school yeah. so that he could be in <laughs> in the new version well i mean 2027 except john krasinski. 2027 Actually, no, i mean he would only be in his like john 40s right like in yeah, his like fine. like late 40s or something how old like, is he we'll now? just well i think he's older than we think he is nah he he 2027 no, is not he's he's 40 wow. yeah yeah i would have i would have guessed that so i mean okay. we're looking at a 47 year old john krasinski I yeah think he, okay. i think he could pull that off <laughs> And but you know you know he looks great now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he looks great now. Yeah, I think he's I think he's gonna be the new Paul Rudd very no. soon. No, I mean not not the same. They don't have the same qualities, but in terms of like that sort of like agelessness, 
I don't think he does have the same exactly... ageness. I think him getting, I think John Krasinski getting like really buff has made him look older. Really? I do. And, and I, I think he looks great, but I think he does look older. You go back to early right. office and he, he's got, there's such youthfulness in that chubby man's face. <laughs> uh, the little baby fat. <laughs> Like toddler, uh, like, good on him though he can't do your anything fingers wrong. are just like like pads yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so funny because that those are my fingers like i can make this joke because <laughs> i i am a chubby boy i'm allowed to make this joke <laughs> i i <laughs> I'm just imagine you like sitting at your laptop like looking at your fingers and just tapping them on like, i am like, tapping the like the t- your fingertips on your thumb just to, i am the, just to these see. are if they still have the bounce. <laughs> There's so much bounce in these boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know what I'm going to say? You are the Colin Farrell <laughs> to you, uh, in the gentleman yeah. to, to your fingers, I guess. I don't know. You're like, you're like telling them to, to, to My be boys. upstanding citizens yeah, yeah. in an Irish accent, like holding your hand across My your face. My fingers are always upstanding citizens, Harrison. <laughs> Like you're you're just like overnight in a jail cell, but only your hand is like through the bars. <laughs> um, they, got, they ran into some trouble. I I wouldn't make this. <laughs> I I mean I think, listen, but then yeah, it's, it's like it's like coming from a person who'd be like thrilled to make anything. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. But this is what we discussed about maybe we need to re rework this this thing i'm trying i'm trying to i'm i've made the call we don't need to rework it we just need to like be more hard and fast on whether we'd make something and you know what i would i would happily make a sitcom but this would not be the one i'd choose to make i think that's fair yeah yeah i think it's interesting and i think what we've done with it's more interesting but i still just think there's just something it just feels like such a there's moments of this film that feel very tone deaf and I think mm. I would struggle to really like wrangle them into being anything other than that. Um, yeah. Anyway, but that's fun. We did it. Still. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> Neat. Um, again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I just feel... Say it out loud here. Right, uh. right now, my family are sat in the lounge uh watching jojo rabbit which is a film i'm i'm big into i enjoyed a lot i love jojo rabbit and what a good movie and uh instead i spent like two hours before that watching this garbage (laughs) (laughs) and then coming to record this podcast when they decide to watch jojo rabbit and i feel upset about it (laughs) i do yeah you feel betrayed (laughs) um I would feel betrayed too. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I don't feel betrayed by you. I feel betrayed by my family because we didn't even own Jojo Rabbit on DVD until about an hour and a half ago. So. They're like, look, I went out and look what I picked up. Yeah. Honestly, pick that's up, what pick happened. Pick up a copy of uh, the best screenplay of 2019. Y'all want anything? <laughs> my dad, honestly, my dad, he, he knew I was recording the podcast with you this evening. He goes to the shop. Oh, that is premeditated. And he comes back that's and he goes, hey, you want to watch this? And I'm like, you know, I can't. <laughs> and instead of being like, oh, well, then we'll save it for tomorrow. He's like, I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. Of course with he was. Without you. He's like, okay, well, you can watch it another time. We've got it on DVD now. And I'm like, okay, well. You know, 
Um, anyway, sorry. anyway, that's all right. <laughs> uh, but I had fun anyway. hanging out with, with my best pal, you, Harrison. Wow. You're my best pal. And you're my best pal. Do you think we're going to realize in uh, 10 years' time <laughs> that this is a very toxic friendship? <laughs> you're like, I should have known that Caleb was making me feel guilty for recording an episode of the podcast together. Yeah, that yeah. this friendship was toxic, but, but I didn't do anything. The thing that keeps us coming back is that we have to keep doing this podcast with right, each that's other. The, yeah, and then the finally, we. Finally, we have to acknowledge that the podcast isn't worth it, and that we have to <laughs> listen. We, we had like max three listens lifetime. Yeah, uh, for this podcast, I think it's time to call it a day. <laughs> we got you. We drive out to the Hamptons. Yeah, we drive out to the Hamptons. And just like, listen, we gotta stop making the podcast. <laughs> Uh, and then it's yeah. like it's also not our house in the Hamptons like we've just no. trespassed on somebody's <laughs> yeah. property like, no, no, listen no, no. this we... podcast isn't working out anymore and like some old guy's like what are you doing <laughs> on my property and, like, and, and we're like let's go to the jetty and we go to yeah. standard <laughs> American bar <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yo, I would go to I, if I if only I could go to any bar right now. I don't even care if it's the jetty <laughs> I'll, I'll go to the jetty I'm that desperate I wouldn't Right. Um, Harrison, where can people find you online if they want to shout at you about toxic friendships? Yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna <laughs> shout at me about toxic friendships, which I I would love to talk about because I like I ended a toxic friendship a couple years ago. Oh boy! So that I think is probably the personal reason why I was like, yeah, I would make this because because I've lived it. But um, I I mean to clarify, I didn't cheat on my best friend. I I was the one who was wronged. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's, that's, that's something that I'll put on my personal advice podcast, which I haven't named yet. <laughs> but anyway, if you, if you want to talk about that and other movies with me, yeah. um, you can find me on Instagram at Harrison who, uh, <laughs> on Twitter at Harrison Gale who, or on Letterboxd, just search my name, uh, Harrison then a space, and then Gale, and you'll find me. And you can find me on all of those things at Caleb Lebster, C-A-L-E-B-L-E-B-S-T-E-R. Hit me up. Tell me about how much you love John Krasinski. <laughs> Tell me about... Yeah, because I'll, I'll talk about that too. Yeah. Tag us both. Tag us both. I'll spend all find day some John talking Krasinski. about how much I love John Krasinski. Find some of his gifts of him looking at the camera um yeah. you know breaking that fourth wall like really like giving us that mockumentary format like that's just bulldozing that's, i love that i love <laughs> i love that we love it um i love anything he does i just want to see his eyes looking straight down the barrel at me <laughs> <laughs> i want to feel like i'm in the room with him so we'll we'll catch y'all next time for listening we did do that we really did that <laughs> do we did do try this at home yeah we tried it at home <laughs> no we did do try this we... <laughs> you you and your semantics uh um and yeah i mean all that's all that's left all that's left to say is 
is. Oh man, I really can't find it. All that's left to say is, hey, all right, thinking more like one stop. That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't.